This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible nurses who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. This is the second part of a two-part episode, so make sure you go back and listen to part one first. So the journey for both Rommel and, and Michael um, has been really um, tough in different ways. Yeah. Um, can you share with us, Michael and Rommel, like when you came to America, what, were, what it was like in the beginning, um, what you experienced in terms of the technology, the culture shock? Can you share your experiences on the differences clinically in that regard? Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, I would like to add on how I got my immigrant visa because I think I missed that part. So I, I, was, I was done doing all my exams, my IELTS, my CGFNS. I had my NCLEX, NCLEX passed in 2005. So I'm ready. Um, I've sent all my documents. So my partner found the, the agency in New York and they've got all my the requirements. I'm ready. I, I, can, I can fly anytime. And uh, in fact, we were contemplating because I'm... I'm I wanted to parallel on, on Michael's story and, on, and some of the stories of the nurses that I met in New York when I came in. So one one option for us is for me to go as a tourist in New York. And at that time in 2005, there, there really, there's a real gap in, in the number of nurses working. So they need more nurses, in fact, in 2005. Um, but I have a really good job, not to brag, but I had a really good corporate job in the Philippines. And I think th this is the, the negative side of my objective, why I wanted to go to New York, is just to be with my partner. Um, of course, I need the job. I need a good job and that's to work as an iron in New York to earn money. But in my heart, I think I wasn't ready. And I, I will discuss later why I wasn't ready. Um, so, we wanted to go, I wanted to go as a tourist in New York and work right away, right? Um, in 2005, the, the visa cap as an, as an RN for an immigrant visa in the Philippines was reached. And in fact, the, 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 that visa cap actually, I think, is saturated since 2003, if not 2004. So there are really no visas that can be granted to any RN in the Philippines at that time. In 2005, so that was part of the difficulty. Um, the, the agency in New York petitioned me for a green card, but there's no visa available for me. So that's why we were contemplating of me moving as a tourist. Um, and there are a lot of nurses in New York when it came in. When I come came in, that are on tourist visa, and they're working. And I was thinking, how come? Uh, but I tell you the story later. So I was waiting in the Philippines in 2005. I'm ready, I'm ready to go, but I don't have any visa. So I have to wait. I resigned from my work when I was taking all the exam and they learned that I can get any visa. And they were saying, from, because I have a really good company and, and, and uh, friends and manager, and they were saying, oh, you can't go to the, to the US yet, right? So come back. You, anyway, you're just, it's just a waiting game now. Like if they can give you a visa, then leave. But if you want to work 
with us again, come back and work. That's what I did while waiting for my visa. And it took, it took me three years. The green card came in in 2008. So that was a long waiting. And I think a lot of nurses can relate to this, that you're ready, you satisfied all of the requirements, but wait, I, what? I don't have any visa, you can't give me any visa? What, what's wrong with that? I know they need more nurses. Why can't you not? But that's part of, that's part of waiting. That's yeah. part of, of the rules of the game. So for me, if I can advise the nurses in the Philippines, um, if you're just waiting, for the visa, relax, wait. Because if you go, if I went to New York with a tourist visa, then it's gonna be a lot of problem eventually. And I think that's, um, I'm, I'm luckily enough, I didn't pursue that. Luckily enough when I, because I saw a lot of nurses working, I think that's being illegal, right? You're, you're in a tourist visa, but you're working. 100%. And somehow they can take, yeah. Some of agencies in New York, it's just so illegal. They they can do things. Um, <laughs> that's just bad, I know. And um, so when I went there, just just to give everyone listening um, a hint or at least you know perspective, uh, me working with my green card versus other nurses illegally working, or even some some nurses having like the work the working visa. Um, you, it, psychologically and mentally it's different because i want to tell you that being in new york is again totally different adjustment period on my first year in new york i was adjusting it wasn't easy um and there's a lot of factor one my personal relationship to my support group. I don't have any friends except for my partner. and But he's not my friend. He's my partner. Three, um, I'm, I'm a corporate person who has an RN license, um, educated, but I don't have good clinical experience. So again, I'm adjusting on that factor. And third, this is a new city. Although I would say I'm working in Makati, in Metro Manila, it's the best city in the Philippines. But New York is New York. It's a different ball game. Um, in the Philippines, you're I'm working in a corporate world. Um, I'm a manager, and I feel like I, I'm more superior than anybody else. That was my mindset. I know it was wrong at that time. But in New York, you're a third kind of person as a citizen, right? You're not even a citizen. You just have your green card. Luckily for me, when I moved in 2008, I had a green card. So that's less worry for me somehow because I know I'm working legally and I'm not thinking about any visa problem at all. Um, I just need to satisfy the five years waiting time so I can apply for my citizenship. But New York is multicultural. You you have a lot of, of different person, persona, and the staff working in the organization or in the facility you're working in. And I felt like, oh, this is just like what that was me thinking. Oh, I think working in this facility is just working like in a corporate world. Not thinking that it's a different ball game. Um, culturally, I'm not a real New Yorker. 
Second of all, I'm a third kind of person. At least I'm not black, I'm not white. I'm Asian. I look very young. Some of some of the some of the supervisors in the facility was telling me because I was I, I look really young back then. Um, they were saying, "Really, you have an RN license? Where did you graduate? You look seem like you're you're a you're a teenager." <laughs> That kind of thing. I I know it was bad of them to say that, and and I know they're not rubbing it in. It's just culturally they 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 can say things that would hurt you, that you know culturally it's not acceptable for you being a Filipino. Um, I know they're not racist. In New York, it's multicultural, as I've said, and I in fact eventually I came to realize that uh, these people are welcoming. These people are are culturally savvy because they've they're in contact and they're working with different kind of nationality and culture and culture. So it was just me because I'm adjusting to the culture. And it was a culture shock because this is not how I thought it would be like. So your work, you're adjusting on your work, you're adjusting in the social cultural environment. I wasn't really clinically um I don't have that clinic, good clinical um, background and experience being a worker in a corporate world. Um, the technology, because um, my 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 clinical experience was in the north part of the Philippines. It's not even in Metro Manila. It's not even in Makati Med or St. Luke's, which are the best hospitals in the Philippines. Um, and not even Asian. So I was also adjusting with the system. Um, but I think like in any other workplace or any other environment, you need to find your support group. Again, it's going back to who can help you, um, who can give you advices, who, who are the person you need to trust, right? Um, adjustment is a big thing and a big deal in New York. Um, but eventually, um, you will realize that, I, I've, re- I've come to realize that New York is a good is a good city to come into because uh, it's multicultural and actually um, the adjustment period for me was over a year, I believe. But once I got adjusted and I got entrenched into working in the, in the facility and in, in that environment, it was eventually easier for me. Um, they're more welcoming because there are a lot of of um, nationalities working. Um, you have you have Indians coming in. Um, there are African American people. Most of the RNs are like I think any other states are Asian are Filipinos. So by you again trusting uh, your your the Filipinos in the environment is tricky. So you need to find who your real friends are. Um, not everyone is your friend. And I think learning fast um, is a must. You need to ask more questions. You need to take down notes again. It's like relearning. And I've, I've forgotten everything what I've learned from the Philippines. I know this is a new ball game. This is a new learning. I, you just need, you need to just learn really fast. So that's how I, I, adjust, I, I came to get adjusted in the working environment in New York. 
Yeah, well, I, I think coming to New York, as you say, it's multicultural. So there's a big benefit to that. Um, yeah. It's very typical for nurses to take at least a year to settle and adjust because there's so many big differences. And I think it's also, as you said, coming on your own, Rommel, can be really yeah. difficult because, you know, I, I know, Michael, you also came on your own and, and Jean, you came with your family, right? So yeah. maybe you can share, um, you know, just how, because I, I think each situation has kind of pros and cons, good and bad. If you come on your own, you only have to worry about yourself and adjusting yourself, um, but you alone, um, and as yeah. Rob says, you've got to, you know, find your support system. Um, and Jean, when you come with a family, it's more comforting because you've got your family. But at the same time, there's more factors. You know, you've got to settle spouse and kids and all of that kind of thing. M Michael, how was it for you when you came and you adjusted? Because you were also on your own. Um, when I came back in, in the U.S. in May 2019, um, it felt like first time again. Uh, even though I was already here, I used to work in Texas, but Texas is warmer. Texas is more of a like a Spanish version of America. So moving to the Midwest um, in Illinois was totally a different experience. It was cold uh, summer. I know it was cold spring uh, evening that I arrived here, but I. I was still trying to absorb everything because I, as, as I've said, I did not expect that I would still be given another chance to, to continue my American dream. But I was so inspired to start. Um, and like Romel, uh, he's living in New York City. I live in a, a small town, a small city here in Illinois. Um, life is quite laid back. Um, and so coming here, um, uh, still an adjustment because um, when I was still working um, in home health, the, the system, the workflow in home health is way much different when you're really working in a hospital. And uh, modesty aside, I work in one of the magnet hospitals in, in the U.S. where everything has to be in place and organized. And so that was quite an adjustment. So for those of you who are still in the Philippines here in America, I know here, most of the hospital in the Philippines are still like paper-based, paper and pen charting. Everything is in paper, metal plates charting and all those. Um, here in the U.S., um, it's, it's more simple because uh, it's, everything is computerized. But the beauty about it is that I have more time to really focus on my patients, um, um, attend to their needs, and you really get the, the action, the real action of you know, applying those theories in real practice and relating those that you see in real practice in the things that you have learned in books. So, um, and then plus, um, when I was working, my, my first exposure in the Philippines was working in a pediatric unit in a government hospital with a max of maximum of like 120 patients in one floor with only like six nurses working to cater everybody. So here in the Philippines, here in the U.S., I think my own, my max is just like six to seven patients. So um, efficient, you 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 become more efficient because you're used to how it is working 
in a quite horrible setup in the Philippines, almost like a circus in the Philippines. But it's also like a struggle here in the U.S. because you have to adjust, like withdrawing medications. Um, it's computerized. I'm not sure if we're allowed to like on the cell. So, yep. Um, um, technology. Uh, you you get the 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 advantage, the the feeling, the experience of um, you know um, t- taking care of your patients uh, with state of the art facilities, and that's what America is all all about. Um, when we were in college, we were taught by the ideals based on the practices in the U.S. and in the floor, I work uh, with dominantly white people. I guess that's a Midwest thing. Uh, you rarely see other um, races here, but but I'm very um, I'm happy that they're very welcoming to me. Uh, they have accommodated me well and made sure that I have a good um, that I wouldn't have a, a a difficulty in my transition here in in America. In, in the clinical setup. So, uh, yep. Okay, good. Well, thank you for sharing. Jean, can you share how different it was for you coming with the family, for those people who are watching? And if anybody has any questions, please put them into the chat because I see we have a lot of people watching us today. If you have any specific questions for Michael or Rommel or, or Miss Jean, please put them into the chat and I'd be happy to answer that. Jean, do you want to share how different it was coming with the family? Uh, for me, because I was already married when I when, uh, when I was in the Philippines, I was already married. So when I came here, I have to bring my family and my uh, three years old daughter. So it would be it would be very difficult if you will come here alone because I myself, you know, I don't know how to cook. It's my husband who cooks. So if I will be coming here alone, who is gonna take care of me? So. <laughs> and I am very fortunate that my, my agency has uh, sponsored, uh, not really sponsored, but they gave us a loan for the plane ticket. So I, uh, everything everything that for me is free. So the plane ticket is free, uh, the visa. So for them, I have to pay for their visa, the fee bill, which is, I don't know, it was 345 right now. Back then, I <laughs> yeah, but the plane ticket, uh, they give us a loan and uh, it will be, it, it was deducted to my salary every month. So I was very lucky that uh, they have given me that opportunity that, to have to have a loan from them. So that was a very good one that they have supported us too. Okay. So that and that's what I say. They're, they're pros and cons. Coming with a family can be wonderful because otherwise, poor Miss Jean would have starved. But but it also can be more difficult because sometimes you have to find you know the kids don't settle right away, or the spouse needs to find a job, and 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 you know so so either way, there's a there's a big adjustment. Yeah. So if um, you have little girls, I saw so if you have little children and you don't have. Like if you are a single mom coming here, it will be difficult for you because you have to get a child care. So if you have a husband who's not a nurse, then he's gonna take care of your children, and that would be a, a good a good thing that somebody is coming here with you. 
Yeah. Well, let me add on that note. Um, coming here as a single, uh, of course, again, there's an advantage. Uh, I mean, you you own your money, you own your time, but at the same time, you have to, you know, uh, bear with all. If you're so stressed at work, uh, if there's like an emotional turmoil at work, you come home alone, you sleep alone, eat alone, <laughs> and just talk to everybody at home virtually. So, but I think, uh, but at least I could just imagine for those who move here in America in 1990s, 80s without Facebook, without without mm. social media, how mm. difficult it was to bear the loneliness here sure. in America. Yeah. Mm. At least now we have technology to bring us closer to our loved ones. So I don't think it's really like for the single ones, good news, we have technology. <laughs> uh, it's not going to be as lonely as probably it was for those who came here um, in the past decade. To add on Michael's comment about adjusting emotionally, if I could turn back time I, and I had the, 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 the option to choose on which season I would move to New York, I should have chosen summer or at least spring. <laughs> Because I moved in winter time, like October, wow. November, and it was difficult adjusting to a gloomy, <laughs> gloomy, um, foggy New York. Um, and you're start starting to adjust to your work as well. Um, it's difficult. Um, so, if, as an advice, if you have the option for nurses in the Philippines who want to move, um, if you have an option to choose on what season, choose spring or summer. Because <laughs> it, it has an effect. I, I believe it has an effect. Um, at least you have six months or at least three months of adjustment in a sunny weather like in the Philippines before you get bombarded with a cold, <laughs> dark, <laughs> dark well, environment. It, it, well, yeah. it, it's good advice, Rommel. The thing, though, is with many nurses, you know, they have six months to enter the country. Mm. And also with the pandemic right now, it can be difficult. Right. Because you've got to kind of balance, you know, resignation periods and um, travel yeah. bans and, you know, all kinds of things. So, uh, you know, I think it, it, it's good advice, but, but not always, not always possible. We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show. So talking about New York and Illinois, many nurses um, in you know, the Philippines or all over the world don't really realize how big America is and how different it is in the different states. So we've asked Michael and Rommel to share, and Ms. Jean, you can chime in about Texas. I know you have already, but you chime in as well to tell us. So we want to know, Rommel, we want to know, Michael, yeah. tell us about the cost of living, the taxes, the housing costs, the transportation, what you know about schooling, what's attractions in the state, the weather, anything that you think somebody would know, would need to know um, or wish what you wish you knew before you came about the particular state you're living in. Right. Okay, I would start okay. by saying at least you nurses moving to the U.S. should know that there are <laughs> salary parity in different states, right? So you should know how much rate does an RN working in New York is 
um, the amount is versus uh, our end working in can in California because there is a different in difference mm-hmm. in rate. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and in New York, I didn't know about that. Realize. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know about that. And in, in New York, it's very expensive. The cost of living is expensive, except for food, except for food. But the accommodation, if you rent for a room or a studio, being a single person at that time when I moved in, would cost me around $700 or $800. In, in, that, that, that is in 2008, and that's a lot of money. Um, because of what's going on in this pandemic, I think that the rates lower down. But if you're renting a room um, at the 900 or 1,200, that's good enough. Um, but it's still, it's very expensive because I've learned from some of my friends in different states that they're only renting 500 or 600 for a room. So there's a difference in, in, in room rates. Um, if you're Sorry. a family, Sorry I've learned- Sorry to interrupt, Roland. And just to clarify for everybody, you're in New York City, right? You're not in, yeah. in state New York or something. So do, yeah. do you want to maybe speak about that difference of the apartments and the rents, like how upstate New York might be different from New York City? Right. So it's very expensive if you're in the city. Mm-hmm. It's more expensive. Um, that's why from some of my friends are actually living out of the city um, you can live in Queens or in Brooklyn or in Bronx, but most of the Filipinos actually is in Queens or in Brooklyn. So in Queens, it's a lot cheaper. I, I don't think it's that much, but a, a difference of 100 or 200. But if you're saving or if you're sending money to the Philippines, that would, that would be 5,000 pesos or 10,000 pesos in the Philippines. And it's a big amount of money as a difference for, for the rate of your accommodation. So ex- accommodation is expensive. The food is not, because there are Asian restaurants, there are Asian groceries. So the food in New York, I've learned, is not expensive. It's it's, it's a good price. Um, The the transportation is very good. So you don't need to buy any um, car, because the buses, the trains, is there when you go out in the streets. So it's easier. It's convenient. Um, that would save you money because um, an MTA card, which you will use for the train ride or for the buses, if you buy a month or like an, how do you call that again? Like you can use it for the whole month. The, um, for the season. Unlimited, the unlimited yeah. card. It's like a hundred. Now, when I started, it's just in a hundred. But now for one month, I think it's 128, I believe, or 130. So you can use it every day, any time of the day for, for the whole month. So that's your budget for your transportation. Um, on a weekend, this is tricky because you want to go out, right? But there are trains, there are Amtrak. Uh, you don't really need a car, I believe, in New York. And like in any other states, it's a must for them because mm-hmm. you can, there's no, the, the buses come in every hour by the hours. So it's difficult. Um, but the lifestyle in New York, I think, if you're not careful, it's very expensive. <laughs> if you watch, but now that um, Broadway is closed, right? But before, if you love Broadways, you, you need to budget at least 150 for a weekend watching Broadways. Because <laughs> you're paying for 100 
there are cheaper tickets like 45, 65, but the standard is 100 something. Plus, you need to go to dinner right after or before the show. Um, if you love movies, there are a lot of cinemas anywhere, any part of New York. Um, AMC stops is very good because you only need to pay <laughs> you only need to pay fifteen dollars and you can watch any any movie uh, for the whole month, right? Um, but New York, I've learned, is a city where you have the sea, you have the mountain, you have the forest, and you have the city. So I I really love that, and I don't think I would move out because I have everything in New York. So you. In a weekend, you can, you know, in summers, you can go kayaking. You can, you can be in, in the sea. You can want if you love mountains. The mountains is just there an hour. You, you take Amtrak or go to Long Island, and you have the sea and the mountain. But if you really love the city lifestyle, New York is the best city you can you can have. Um, the restaurants is everywhere. Um, if you don't have food because you're you live alone you just go out the restaurant is all over um, you can buy if you love Philippine food um, you just go to 74th street um, the Filipino restaurant is all over there um, and in fact in some places in Queens some of the Filipino restaurants are popping out so it I feel like it's very comfortable in New York and I think that's that's what you want to weigh in if you really want to look into your budget versus your salary. Um, I should say I'm not leaving New York <laughs> anytime soon just because of the convenience and because of my lifestyle as well. So, but I know a lot of people who are homey or what the countryside, then I don't think New York is for you. Um, when, in the, when I was starting on my first year, um, I want to say I'm an introvert person, so I want to stay at home. Um, I'm not really going to parties like most of my uh, HR. So they're into bars. They uh, Friday, uh, Thursday night, they're already going out, even though they have scheduled work the following day. I can't do that. But I think it's my personality as well. So, and you, I think anyone can relate to that. That you know, once every once in a month, I think you really want to go out, be in the city, just hang out, be in a coffee shop or be in a bar, and that's very convenient if you're in New York. Um, if you want to go shopping, <laughs> most of the Filipinos want love shopping, right? So in an hour, you'll be an outlet, so you can go upstate or you can go to Tangiers Mall in Long Island. Or you just cross the river and you'll be in New Jersey in a factory outlet. So again, so shopping would be cheaper if you do that, and it's very convenient in New York. IKEA in Queens now is has just recently opened, so IKEA is all, already available in Queens, and that's in almost like a suburb. But IKEA in uh, in in Manhattan. Um, we go there before with my friends if we want to buy anything for for our accommodation. And uh, yeah, I think New York is very, very, <laughs> no. I, I should say, yeah, and, um, single people would love New York. Lots to so. see and lots to do, always something exciting happening, right? 
Right. Yeah. And, and I'm sure it's very different, Michael, for you in Illinois. What is it like in Illinois? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> um, it, I mean, knowing Romel's um, story, uh, well, New York City, the, no doubt why it's called Big Apple, but here in, in the city where I live, uh, there's not much to see. And I'm thankful that uh, for, for, for people like me who loves to save, this is definitely the place to be. Um, um, however, um, Illinois is definitely one of those states with a lot of snow. So if you if you enjoy the cold, this is the state for you, the place for you. But for me, uh, no. <laughs> and, um, taxes here in Illinois is probably quite friendly. Property taxes is. is Way more expensive compared to other states like um, Texas. Um, and this two-bedroom apartment that I'm renting is almost like um, equivalent to the one that I had in in Texas. And one of the major cities in Texas as well. So um, a two-bedroom apartment like this in a small city in Illinois is already like uh, $950 per month. So for for me, uh, still, uh, I, I could afford it now per month with, with my salary because I'm sharing this apartment with another person who comes from Peru. But... Um, Speaking about her, she came here in the state with not much knowledge. Um, didn't even know how to drive. Didn't know how to cook. Good for me. I know how to cook. Cooking is my passion. But like Romel, he lives in New York where everything's convenient. You just go out and, and buy and go to your favorite restaurant. Here, uh, you rarely see those. Um, there are Americans. So if you're into Filipino foods, um, we only have one Asian market here. So um, for her, it was a struggle. So I just could not imagine how happy she was when I finally cooked in the kitchen and she saw rice. <laughs> because, uh, if you do not know how to cook in America, especially if you're in a state like this, where like like all American city, you would end up um, eating everything deep fried. <laughs> So, so uh, but yes, it's a quite, um, it's, it's unlike New York, the contrast here is that you live in a, in a beautiful environment. Um, for summers, um, spring, you have to be and green. But in winter, like this, it's, it's a place so dismal, very gloomy, and, and if you're prone to depression, you could, you could really have it. But yes, life in America is very diverse. Um, there are many options to choose from. If you do not like the state that you're working with, just comply with the contract and start preparing your plan after it. If you want to move to other states, whatever fits, uh, whatever fits for you. Uh, if you love, like, like Romel, uh, Romel uh, who's into partying, um, city vibes, uh, probably big cities like like New York, I draw, I'm, I, I'm three hours away from Chicago. So if I want city life and shop, uh, I have to drive three hours away from here. But yeah, you really have, if, if you're in a place like where I am right now, driving is a must. So for those who are still in the Philippines, you better learn how to drive because when, you, when you're when you here, you have to do everything on your own. 
and it would be very expensive if you would have Uber every day. Um, it's a very practical uh, car here. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity. So you have to really learn how to, to drive, especially winter. It's really very difficult to drive with you know, and also learn how to code, learn how to be independent before you go to the states because here we don't have babies. Okay. Well, that, that was very good advice. Um, I, I think, Michael, that you gave there just about the transportation and, you know, uh, doing everything for yourself. Um, and, Jean, I, I know that I think you lived in a cold climate when you first came and then moved to Texas, right? Yes, I was in Michigan for seven years, and then I transferred here in Texas. So, yeah, yeah the thing that I don't like uh, in Michigan is the winter season. Because <laughs> you go out, you have to, like, uh, your undershirt. I think you have to have four layers before you go out so that you won't be so freezing and cold outside. So that's the reason why I moved here in Texas. In Texas, Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody. This has been so informative. Before we finish off, I thought um, if you want to um, maybe just share a little bit about COVID. I know that the last year has been so difficult for so many nurses. It's been so stressful. Many nurses have been very emotionally and physically depleted and exhausted. Um, but I think this new year has started with hope and optimism. So I wonder if you just want to take like two minutes, just two seconds and just uh, finish off because we, we over time, but I didn't want to stop everyone because we, we were having such a great discussion. But just share a little bit about what your experience has been with COVID in the, in the area, you know, in, in the location where you are right now, what you're seeing right now. Um, in New York, in, in the area where I am right now, which is Queens, um, I've learned that the number of cases actually went down already. Um, we were cringing like in January and we were afraid that it would go up because of the holidays, those, um, then the New Year's Day, the Christmas Day. Um, but unfortunately enough, the, the cases then went up. Um, and I think we have a steady and actually we, we don't have that much cases anymore. So we're happy to, to tell everyone in New York, at least somehow, we didn't know if that's herd immunity, and um, I, all of the all of the frontliners actually has been. I mean, not all, but those who got vaccinated got vaccinated already. So they were saying 10% of the population in there got vaccinated, um, and we were waiting for everyone to get vaccinated mid mid of 2021. Um, they were saying it that's slow enough, um, but there's just no no available vaccines anymore. So there are a lot of um, vaccination centers that have been opened up and you can schedule and come in, but they just can't give you any more schedule because there's no vaccines. Mm -hmm. uh, well, at least that's what's happening in New York right now. Okay. I don't know, with Indiana. Well, good to hear that the cases are going down um, and then the vaccinations hopefully will be speeding up. Michael, mm -hmm. how about in Illinois, where you are? Yes, um, just like uh, New York, um, here in Illinois, we have uh, started to um, um, observe a downtrend in COVID cases, I think, three weeks ago. And in fact, in behavioral health floor, um, we had to open a COVID floor for psych patients in, last year. 
but just this week we had to close it because I think there were no more cases and, and we are hoping that it will continue that way. So um, vaccination wise, I think, um, um, how do you call that? Economic frontliners like restaurants or food handlers are already currently being catered for vaccination. So um, good. Um, we, I, we are hoping that this will continue not only within the United States, but globally so that all of us all, who have been dying to go home will be able to do it this year. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. hopefully. Ms. G, what about Texas? You're in San Antonio, right? Yeah, I'm in San Antonio. I think uh, our cases has already gone down also. And then uh, we don't have a lot of cases in the hospitals. We only have, I think, one or two floors that are a COVID floor. Previously, it was like all the med surge floors are COVID floors. Uh, yeah, and I think some of the 65 years old in those uh we're already vaccinated, so and the frontliners, the medical, medical, uh, the health workers were already vaccinated in my hospital. So we have like almost like ninety percent are already vaccinated, unless those whose nurses who doesn't want to take the COVID vaccine and they have the right to to opt for that. Okay, yeah, and I live in California, in San Diego, California. So the same trend is what we're seeing right here. So hopefully this new year started on a note of hope and positive optimism. Um, and hopefully things are just going to get better and better. Um, but I really want to thank Rommel and Michael and Ms. Jean for joining us this morning. It was such an informative, interesting um, discussion. Um, and that's what the Lafora talk show is. It's just nurses, helping nurses. Um, coming to America is, you know, the, the American dream is still very much alive. Um, for those of you who have not yet passed your NCLEX, who have not yet passed your IELTS, please do so. The visa bulletin is current. So now is the time. There's huge needs. We're seeing that every day, more and more hospitals and nursing homes looking for international nurses. So now is the time to take uh, to take action and have the same determination and perseverance that Rommel, Michael and Jean has shown because it's not an easy journey um, as we know and, and poor Michael really experienced more um, more ups and downs than, than, than most. Um, but the good news is he's here to tell the tale, as is Rommel and Miss Jean. And, and um, there's a lot of good news and a lot of good things to, to come in the future. Thank you, everybody. And again, thank, thank you, the Lafora admin team. You are amazing. You do so much for so many nurses. And we're just so grateful for your support and your care. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and hit the follow button on your podcast player and leave us a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work here in the USA. We offer direct hire, meaning you will be sponsored and hired directly by American healthcare facilities. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for more incredible conversations.